Hello, wherever you're listening to us, I hope you're staying safe and doing well. I'm Hari Arakli and this is today's Tech Briefing. In this program, understand blockchain not as a technology, but as a fundamental and the paradigm shift in how human beings interact with each other, how uh, human beings own uh, things in the, in, the, in the real and the digital world. It's after these headlines. Amazon's founder Jeff Bezos said it was his best day ever yesterday after he made a historic suborbital flight to space in a capsule carried by a rocket, both built by his company Blue Origin. This was 21-year-old Blue Origin's first human space flight. Accompanying Bezos were his brother Mark and two other passengers, 82-year-old Wally Funk, a former astronaut trainee, and 18-year-old college student Oliver Damon, the son of a Dutch financier. Blue Origins capsule touched down safely in West Texas at about 8.22 a.m. local time after a 10-minute flight in which it reached an altitude of more than 65 miles or 105 kilometers above ground level. Bezos emerged wearing a cowboy hat and accompanied by his fellow passengers. Swiggy, a food delivery service, has raised $1.25 billion from SoftBank Vision Fund and existing investors in a deal that values the Bangalore startup at $5.5 billion, Economic Times reports. $800 million came from investors led by Falcon Edge, Amansa Capital, Think Investments, Kaminyak and Goldman Sachs, which the company's co-founder had disclosed in an internal email to employees in April. $450 million was from SoftBank Vision Fund 2, according to ET. Wipro will invest $1 billion in cloud services over the next three years to capture the rising demand for such technologies, India's fourth biggest IT services company said yesterday. Wipro has launched the Wipro Full Stride Cloud Services to bring together its cloud services. Wipro today employs over 79,000 cloud professionals and more than 10,000 people certified by the leading cloud service providers. Over the past 12 months, Wipro has announced significant cloud-related wins with Telefonica Germany, O2, Verifone and Eon in addition to Metro AG, one of the largest deals in Wipro's history. Meanwhile, Infosys, India's second largest IT services company, has launched an automotive digital technology and innovation centre in Stuttgart, Germany. The new centre brings together automotive and IT experts from across Germany into a space for shared knowledge, skills and innovation. As a part of Infosys' partnership with Daimler, automotive IT infrastructure experts based in Germany will move from Daimler AG to the new Digital Technology and Innovation Centre. Google's YouTube has signed a definitive agreement to acquire SimSim in India and expects to complete the transaction in the coming weeks. SimSim is helping small businesses in India transition to e-commerce by using the power of video and creators. The SimSim app serves as a platform to connect local businesses, influencers and customers. Creators post video reviews about products from local businesses and viewers can buy those products directly through the app. Videos are available in three local languages including Hindi, Tamil and Bengali enabling retailers of all sizes to reach buyers through video in their preferred language. 
Healthify Me, a health and fitness app startup, has raised $75 million in its Series C round, led by LeapFrog and Khosla Ventures. HealthQuad, Unilever Ventures, and Elm, a Saudi Arabian PIF entity, also participated in the round, along with existing investors Chirate Ventures, Inventus Capital, and Sistema Asia Capital. This takes the total capital raised by Healthify Me to over $100 million. The company will use the funds to expand in India, Southeast Asia and North America and to acquire relevant companies in the digital health and fitness space. It will also be investing in its AI-powered Healthify Smart plans and intends to double its current engineering and design strength. We Grow, a B2B agri-tech platform for fruits and vegetables, has raised $13 million in its Series A investment round, co-led by Lightspeed Venture Partners and Elevation Capital. The round also saw participation from existing investors Matrix Partners India, Ankur Capital, Better Capital and Titan Capital. Established in 2020, We Grow has scaled rapidly among both farmers and B2B customers resulting in nearly 20 times top-line growth with a presence in over 30 cities. At the heart of this growth is their technology platform which facilitates farm discovery, produce quality profiling, market intelligence and smart matchmaking between farm-level inventory and customer requirements. Mesh, a people management platform built for the future of work, has raised $5 million in funding led by Surge with participation from co-investors RTP Global, Y Combinator Continuity and Emil's Venture Partners. As companies expand and as more people continue to work remotely, teams tend to become more fragmented, making it difficult to achieve alignment. This makes it a challenge for leaders and managers to coordinate their team members when organizational priorities change. In turn, employees start disengaging because of a lack of visibility and recognition. Founded in May 2020 and headquartered in San Jose, California, Mesh makes it easy for employees to actively collaborate with their employers in managing goals, receiving timely feedback and advancing their careers. Polygon is perhaps the most successful blockchain protocol to come out of India, with Matic, its native token, surging in value to billions of dollars in recent times. The company, started in 2017 by three Indians and a Serb, Jayanti Kanani, Sandeep Nailwal, Anurag Arjun and Mihailo Bialic, is working to make it easier and cheaper to use the Ethereum network. Today we have the second part of my conversation with Sandeep Nailwal in which he talks about how Polygon hopes to shift the outlook on blockchain from transactions to interactions. Here's more. Hmm. And, and very briefly, can you uh, explain the difference, the main difference between uh, proof of work and proof of stake? Yeah, so proof of work is basically uh, where you have to put computing power, computing work. So uh, in a proof of uh, work network, what happens is that let's say there are 100 participants and they are all together generating the next block. So in order to generate the next block, you have to uh, kind of compute a, compute in a particular way, basically do some calculations via your computing resources in a particular way 
which with which you can prove that you have done everything correctly and everyone has to agree so that is the that is what we call consensus mechanism but to reach consensus you have to prove uh, by doing that rigorous rigorous uh, you know computation and uh, calculations with it right so right and due to that you need large amount of computing resources and due to that like bitcoin has like that criticism that it consumes a huge amount of electricity and you might have also seen those documentaries where people have like warehouses and warehouses of these compute uh, compute resources which are computing the uh, you know uh, computing the bitcoin blockchain and then producing the blocks whereas proof of stake is uh, where instead of you you guaranteeing that you worked in the uh, as per the consensus you guaranteeing instead of you guaranteeing that with with work that is computations and calculations you guarantee it with providing a security deposit in the network and then you compute uh, in a particular way and if you don't compute as per the consensus then you can be slashed that means your uh, security deposits can be taken off right from you so that gives you a disincentive to work against the network and if you work in favor of the network you get to earn the transaction fees and the block rewards and all that so instead of you using computation you use your security or your skin in the game in the network as a security deposit uh, to compute the network and this uh, because you are doing this then the electricity footprint can be vastly vastly uh, lower than that and that's why uh, we all believe that proof of stake is going to be the next generation of uh, and and uh, i I've, i've read that one of the one of the reasons uh, or one of the problems that you wanted to tackle uh, you know by building polygon uh, is that you wanted to make it more affordable uh, for people to uh, transact uh, on the network uh, and and uh, again there are some technical terms like uh, gas and gas fees involved can you talk about why these fees are high in the first place uh, in the existing maybe ethereum network and so on and and yeah. uh, you know, how uh, you know your network uh, makes it cheaper correct correct so let's go back to what i originally like you know in the at the start of the podcast i we explained that how blockchains are basically chronological sequencing of some blocks which contain some data right and i already told that those blocks can only take certain amount of data right so now if you have to get your data included in those blocks right you have to pay some money right because and that is where the token the native token of the network is used so if let's say there are 100 people and it's it's like a simple auction mechanism every time a block is created right so if there are 1000 people who want to do a transaction and the block can only take let's say 100 transaction then the top 100 pairs get to process their transaction rest of rest of them have to wait and then uh, we wait for the next block right so this like and then now let's say imagine you have 100 transaction capacity like for example ethereum has currently only 13 transactions per second capacity and you have this defi market which is 500 billion dollar in 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 valuation and people are doing you know like hundreds of thousands of dollars of trade and now when you have to get included in the transaction or in the block for your transaction uh, you would be willing to pay like even let's say if you are doing 100000 dollar transaction you are even happy with paying 200 dollar in gas fees but imagine a retail community defi community member who has a total portfolio of 500 dollars right or 1000 dollars 
then he can't pay $200 in gas fees. But what I said that, you know, with, with these blockchains, what Polygon as a layer two, what is we are trying to do, we are trying to create that double-decker bus. Like, again, go back to that analogy. That we are creating a double-decker bus. So the lower, uh, the lower floor has less capacity, but we can build a large capacity, uh, the, the upper floor of that bus, right? So what we are essentially, and we, what we do, we eventually batch all of these transactions into one transaction. So instead of we uh, or you doing five or $200 transaction on Ethereum on the lower floor, what you do is you do that transaction on layer two. And then where our network basically combines thousands of transactions together and then does a $200 transaction on the on the lower floor of the of the bus right so you can already see that where you were able to do only one transaction uh, for $200 we are doing 10000 transactions in $200 that means each transaction then can become uh, let's say very 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 small like you know even less than one cent or two cents, right so that's how we do the cost reduction and this, this is then opens the blockchain for people who don't have that high transaction fee. Mm. And uh, does your business model uh, work around this uh, in the sense that you make a fee for each transaction? Is that how it works? So for any, we are a decentralized network. Uh, you know, we are the team who's doing the research work and building this network. But once the network is built out, it is not owned by us. Like for example, Polygon uh, network, Polygon commit chain now is not owned by us. It is run and owned by the validators of the network where we have only one or two validators now most of the validators are run by the community members who are who have put their stake that means bought the market matic token from the market and then uh, deployed as the proof of stake like they are doing proof of stake mining and they are earning block rewards and the transaction fees so the revenue model for any team who's building a decentralized network is is actually not there's no revenue model for example uh, Bitcoin, like the, what is the revenue model for Bitcoin? There is nobody, there is no company building Bitcoin. Similarly, what is the revenue model for Ethereum? The, even though there is an Ethereum foundation, but then they don't control Ethereum network and they don't get any fees out of it. But how these uh, companies who originally built out the network is that our company also owns certain amounts of token, right? As the as our treasury, or you can say that which is used for for investing in the network. And founders also own some tokens. And when the network keeps growing, 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 and the value goes up, then we also, as founders who own the tokens and the treasury of the company who owns the tokens grows. But there is no one-to-one -one revenue model which you see in the current world. And I already explained at the start that you know this is essentially the whole paradigm shift of these centrally controlled revenue-hungry companies to uh, more distributive and inclusive networks where the whole network then earns the revenue instead of the person who created the company. Of course, who created the company, he will have early, uh, you know, uh, early tokens in the company and all that. And that's how he will make own money. But then the everyone in the who's running the network gets benefited. Uh, and that is the most fascinating thing. And I want to like urge all the listeners to kind of understand blockchain not as a technology but as a fundamental and the paradigm shift in how human beings interact with each other how uh, human being own uh, things in the, in the in the real and the digital world how human beings create institutions how human beings build companies all of these things are slowly being disrupted by uh, this web3 
space. So you know, today instead of building a uh, building a for-profit company, you build a DAO, decentralized autonomous organization. You build the rules in the DAO on the Ethereum blockchain, on, on the smart contracts on Polygon chain, and you build it in a way that everyone who is in the DAO is incentivized to work for the progress of the DAO. And once they work for the progress of the DAO, eventually DAO becomes a community and becomes becomes very big. And there are already large number of DAOs that are emerging. Mm. Again, in the interest of uh, getting some definitions in, uh, explain to us briefly what a DAO is. So DAO is basically a decentralized autonomous organization. So by the name itself, you can think of it like this does not has a, uh, you know, kind of a fully controlling CEO. Uh, instead of that, it is created by a group of members who, let's say, initially start with some some shares. They add community members. Community members also get get some share, and then the, this whole community works together towards a common goal. For example, uh, let me give you an example of um, let's say Meta Cartel Ventures, right? So Meta Cartel Meta Cartel DAO. So Meta Cartel DAO basically is a DAO which has been helping Ethereum ecosystem to grow. So what they did is they they got a few members in from the DAO to contribute uh, some small grants into the DAO, and then DAO started helping the companies who are uh, building on Ethereum. And those companies then some of them they became really big, and uh, their shares became very big, and then the the DAO overall became uh, like uh, ha- overall uh, started having a larger amount of treasury, which again. Is, is is controlled by the community. They can also get those dividends out and things like that. So uh, that is that is one example. Similarly, uh, there is a more relatable example uh, is is for example of Pleaser DAO. So for example, there was a uh, think of it like an art and an art piece was that was created by someone, and then that art piece was very costly. Like it was running in few million dollars. So this these few people who wanted to buy that piece of art, they came together. They came together and uh, you know created a DAO, pooled the funds together, and then now they collectively own that particular art on blockchain, right? And then they this becomes a bigger thing, and they are now an art house, like uh, basically art collector uh, DAO, where they are uh, basically um, you know collecting various kinds of DAO arts, and those arts have increased in value, and overall community has become really uh, you know rich in that. Hmm. Okay. Uh, lastly, uh, in the context of how you've been talking about blockchain, uh, should be viewed as a, a paradigm change uh, in the way people transact uh, in every possible way. Uh, in your view, what do you think Polygon will evolve into in in sort of the near future? Sure. So, but I want to like first before getting into that question for the listeners' sake, like. You know, right now, still because Bitcoin was the first blockchain, so you know our uh, kind of uh, mental model is still around transaction that we will transact with each other. But you know, generally, let's say when you're using your Facebook, you are not really transacting anything. But in a way, you can think of it like that's why, like I, instead of transactions, I want to call it interactions. So when you are interacting with anything digital, right? So you know this is the that fundamental shift which kind of is going to change your interactions with how you interact with the digital entities and you know in the current world everything is digital your bank is digital your social media is digital your government is digital so 
so the, the that's how that's that's why there is a potential of uh, for blockchains and not potential this is not a question of if this is going to happen it's a question of when and in how much time it will happen but it fundamentally changes how you human beings interact with with with, with especially i would say institutions because in the last 200 300 years of our history human human history before that if we go we only had a king and then the king you used to interact with the king and there was not a big concept of institutions and anything right but in the last 200 years 300 years when the nation states have evolved this is the next stage of our evolution if you if you will so from kings we went to let's say nation states uh, which had their democratically elected governments and and you know things like that and you then started become interacting with with institutions so your bank is an institution your government is an institution uh, you know that the your 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 from from whom you buy your clothes that company or that brand is an institution right your social media company today facebook google where you keep your email they are institutions and then what has happened in the last 50 years is we have seen so many examples of these institutions defrauding the the end users or or the citizens of 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 themselves like we all know about the facebook's data breach and data breaches as well as uh, facebook's like you know selling your data for ads and all that right so that kind of paradigm we all know so institutional trust globally on a larger scale of humanity if you see is is at a all time low so what i mean to say is that when we came from empires and kings to nation state that was the first level of evolution and we became a institutionalized society everything was run by institutions the scientist organizations everything is an institution you have to register a company from there we are going to move to community owned and more transparent uh, you know kind of uh, communities or autonomous organizations like de de decentralized autonomous organizations and mo we'll move from a centralized control of power to somewhat more decentralized power in the next step and maybe eventually more and more decentralized where an individual's uh, rights are fully uh, you know protected and on a larger scale if you like i mean this is this is again uh, a subject of more reading but many of the people or many of the listeners who are interested in uh, you know capitalism and uh, communism uh, and all that right so uh, they would also be able to see that none of those models like extreme capitalism is bad extreme socialism is bad if you start reading more and then you know if someone is interested do reach out to me also on twitter and all that if you want to write something on this because if you will see that crypto is more of a amalgamation of these two uh, and and brings the best of the both worlds in one one single place so that is where i see the world going and then definitely this world when we say the whole 7 billion people and then all our digital interactions are going to be coming on these uh, you know web3 Or, or or are going to be used uh, via some form of blockchains uh, we definitely want to be, to 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 kind of become the biggest one of the biggest players in the in this space so when i say we i mean the polygon community uh, there is again polygon not polygon as a company but polygon as a community who owns the networks and who also owns the polygon tokens so yeah that would be our goal and uh, we believe that you know we are right on that path to become like maybe uh you know just after ethereum the number 2 or number 3 ranked uh, uh protocol may be in the world so that is our goal okay excellent uh love to leave it there uh, sandeep uh, insightful conversation and 
thank you for your patience uh, with all my questions about uh, definitions and so on i certainly hope to keep the conversation going absolutely my pleasure ali thank you so much for having me here that was sandeep nailwal that's it for this briefing you can find all our podcasts on forbesindia.com and on your favorite podcast apps i'm hari arakli thank you for listening